Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I had a truly wonderful conversation with Nick Walker. After having been a part of the Hamilton and Motown families, both on Broadway and on tour for years, earlier in 2020, Nick took over the role of Otis Williams in Ain't Too Proud on Broadway. But our conversation has little to do with his professional life, but rather, it primarily focuses on the complicated emotions stirred up by the protests against racial injustice and police brutality that started in Minneapolis and have since expanded to every state and major city in America, as well as into countless countries across the globe. On Fridays, Nick has been hosting live conversations on his Instagram with fellow Broadway stalwart Sasha Hutchings, in which they discuss anything and everything as it relates to the violent images that we've seen over the past few weeks, the inspiring courage of those that have risked arrest and their physical safety to speak truth to power, what we individually and collectively can do to aid in this struggle for equality, and basically anything else that is weighing on their hearts. These are incredibly valuable and supportive and interactive conversations that Nick and Sasha have, and I cannot recommend them highly enough. So I was absolutely thrilled to be able to talk with Nick just a few days ago. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Nick Walker. I feel like I have to start with the most important question. How was the Ant-Man rewatch? Dude, so we haven't had it yet. So we're actually having it tonight. It's okay. going to be, I'm so excited about it. I have not seen Ant-Man in so long, but it was one, you know, I think with the Marvel movies, it's like always like a crapshoot because sometimes you can really get uh, a good one that is, you know, like a good a good solo movie. And sometimes, like, you know, the solo movies aren't the best, right? Where, you know, especially after, you know, Joss Whedon landed the Avengers on, it's like the team-ups are really where it's at. Um, but Ant-Man was just one of those movies that was just so charming. Like, I just remember it being, so it was good. just so fun. You know, and I'm yeah. like, I'm just so, I'm so excited to, like, go back and, like, give it another, give it another pass, you know? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be great for sure. I've got an Ant Man poster behind me right now, and uh, it's love one it. of my favorites. I mean, I love it because it's so at that point it's so different than anything that had come before it because the yeah. size and the scale of it was, I mean, literally because of who the, the hero is. It was so small, like it just gave it such a different kind of um, dramatic arc to it when literally the climactic battle scene was on like a kid's train set so i, I oh, love yeah. ant-man and I, and I love the fact that you mike and jillian are, are gonna be watching it so oh, i love we have that. to so well the reason that i really reached out to you is that i guess it was a week ago today last thursday right you and sasha hutchings had gone mm-hmm. together on an instagram and did this hour-long chat where you both kind of just talked about what at that point was happening in minnesota and minneapolis and obviously that feels like a lifetime ago uh, based hmm. off everything that we've seen yeah. since then. Um, so I guess just before we kind of dive into a lot of the specifics you talked about, I, I guess I just wonder from a very big open-ended question point of view in a general sense, how have your thoughts on kind of things changed or magnified in this past week as we've seen things that started in Minnesota to really the rest of the country and the rest of the world. I think it's the same, dude. I, I honestly, you know, it's it's 
it's so fascinating because we are in a time of it's it's like this perfect storm of everything happening right now and and maybe it's, that's that's exactly what's supposed to be happening but you know i i think last week when we talked we were definitely talking about the start of something and seeing an anger um that had that had grown out of you know hundreds and hundreds of years of of systemic oppression and now you're, I mean, you're truly seeing that spill over and, and something, you know, when was the last time that all 50 states came together to do something? Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, I mean, truly that's yeah, the yeah. fact that we have, we have a protest in every state, um, is, is insane and is something to really take note of. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of what, what this, what this thing is becoming. And I, you know, and I, I love, I think, you know, when we recorded that it was so fresh and, you know, this is not just about George Floyd. This is about Breonna Taylor and everyone. There's, you know, so many people have, have suffered um, and have died. Um, and, and so, you know, I think what I've loved seeing is that, you know, originally it was rioting. And that was so much of our conversation was, is the rioting justified? And I, I still believe the rioting was justified. I, I also have loved seeing that now that we've had some time from it, people can take a breath and can find that time to say, okay, that what is going to be most helpful right now? At first I was angry. Now I need to make change. So what makes change? And so now, you know, you have seen that these protests have become more peaceful and more, more, more geared towards goals. And you've also, it's been easier to point out who is looting as opposed to who is protesting. Yeah. Right. So that thing has naturally righted itself. And that's all I was saying in the talk as well was just like, allow people space for their anger because anger is part of that process. Anger is what gets stuff done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And one of the things that I hadn't thought of necessarily until I watched the video is you talked about how what was happening at that point in Minneapolis was the natural progression of things. It was the, the almost a cliched sequence of events from where we started. And Sasha said, yeah, this whole process is is cyclical as that it, it keeps happening and we see it over again, but it's very linear from point A to point B. But since then, with the expansion of these protests, both in the duration of how long they're, they're going on and the intensity of them, you know, I wasn't alive in the sixties. So I, you know, just from what I remember, this feels to have kind of gone off the traditional roadmap and is kind of playing out in its own way. It's a, it's almost a, it's growing beyond, I think, what we've seen in the past, especially if we use like Ferguson as, mm -hmm. uh, as the last, you know, most recent example of that. This has taken what happened in Ferguson and, and really exponentially expanded it, which is exciting. It's scary as hell, but it's also, yeah. it's, it's encouraging at the very least. It should know, and it and it should be scary because change is scary. This is uncomfortable. That's that's the point of this, and and I think that that's you know we look at we laud so many countries right now that have, you know that are in you know we 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 say they're you know why can't we have what Germany has right now? Why can't we have what? And the thing is, you have to understand, our country is young. We are babies yeah. on the global stage. Most countries that we're talking about that that have their stuff together have gone through what we've gone through right now in some form or fashion. And we we have yet to... Re in Germany, they teach what happened with the Nazi party. They teach it accurately so that it doesn't happen again. We don't do that yet. No. And and we we I think that that's, that's kind of what's definitely giving me hope is like, yeah, we, we've reached a boiling point where no longer can this stand. And, and I think that... I think that we are all, or many of us, are at a place where it's like, great, 
we're not going to lose this momentum. And even when the protests die out, right, what are the ways that we still keep this alive? What are the ways that we still keep the complication alive? Because, again, I think that anytime, you know, my, my wife and I had this conversation last night because it's so easy to try to uh, trend this, to try to even make this, which is, you know, born of such pain and such agony, you know, uh, same word, but, um, you know, into, into a meme and into, into something that's, that's palatable. But the, the fact of the matter is it's not just black men's lives. It's black women's lives. It's black trans lives. It's all facets of, of the black experience are under attack. And, and also it's in, in that it impacts, even though it is about black people at this moment, it impacts all of us. We are all involved in this moment. So I just I I love seeing how big it's it's grown and and I and I hope it continues to grow bigger and I'm going to do my part to to make sure it does. Yeah. One of the things you you mentioned just a second ago is that we don't learn the the lessons of our past and even though our past is not nearly as long uh as other countries in, in the world. You mentioned this in the conversation with Sasha is that like one of the the, the steps to and I know, I know fixing is not actually something that we can probably do, but at least dealing with this is to reconcile with our history. And I, coming from a lot of the fandoms and pop culture love that you and I share, um, the fact that yep. you mentioned, you know, Watchmen um, being the first time that we learned of, you know, the, everything that happened in Tulsa mm-hmm. 99 years later, and we're still not actually addressing that. Yep. The, the lessons of today, I, it, and again, it's, just the beginning of what hopefully will be a longer reawakening of these things. But it feels like the lessons at least are starting to penetrate into pockets yes. of the community that they haven't before. Yeah. I, you know, it, so the thing, the thing that was fascinating to me, and I, I, I say the word fascinating a lot, but there's a lot of fascinating stuff happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the, the rock on his IG came out for black lives matter and was just like unequivocally, Black Lives Matter. Now, The Rock is The Rock. I mean, I fucking love. The, sorry, can I swear? Can, I don't know if I can swear. Say whatever the fuck you want. Amazing. Yeah, I fucking love The Rock, yeah. and he's he's amazing. We all love him. He's just built such a franchise for himself, and it is you cannot help but love that. And he he is vocal about certain issues, but he also he plays he plays the sides because he's again he's trying to. He, I mean, he has a large global He's an A-lister. It's, it's harder for A-listers to do those things. It's why Michael Jordan said, you know, the thing, Republicans buy sneakers yeah, too. Exactly, exactly, right? And 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 I don't I don't ever fault, you know, again, I know what I would do, but I I don't I don't know what it's like to be at his level. But what I do know is the impact that that's going to have for someone like him to say that is humongous. Humongous. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, there's no way that you, you know, he didn't mince his words. He can't. He kept coming back to it. That that impact reverberates, and so I, I just think that you know, it, this the only way to do it is to make it mainstream. And the one thing that I just want to fight as it becomes mainstream is to just not lose the complexity of the issue. Mm-hmm. I think I think that we are going to try just and this is not a knock against us, but this is humanity. We just we we the simpler something is, the more palatable it is, the easier it is to yeah. swallow. If it can be put in a hashtag, it's a lot easier for people to digest. On and 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 a hashtag has saved our movement, so that's great, but at mm-hmm. the same time, we have to understand the layers and we have to ignite critical thinking. 
critical thinking so that we can have conversation about this so that it's not just put, you know post a black square and you're done that it's a that's a true dialogue because if the dialogue stops that's when we have a problem because that's how we got here do you know what I mean we 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 I just had this conversation with a mentor of mine you know he was saying you know it's so it's so hard sometimes because we feel like with the 60s we put we we sent these people back under the rocks you know we said go back go home well that's the problem we sent them under the rocks they were still under the rocks it was still there mm-hmm. we want them out in the light we want to see what what these people are thinking and i'm not trying to say these people in terms of marginalizing them but i'm i'm trying to say any really what this comes down to is not even a thing of of you know it goes beyond black lives it's are you a are we a communal thinking society or an individualist society that's what it comes down to are we going to say that until all of us are free none of us are free or are we saying that because i have mine i'm not worried about yours that's it that's at the bottom line and that's not even that's that to, that goes beyond party line that's not even a democrat republican conservative progressive thing that's just the truth are do you care about me that's that's the basic question and in that are a lot of complicated questions so i just want us to keep asking the complicated questions because it can be very easily made into a trend and a trend can be you know if it's a trend then then we won and it's over nope it 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 is lifelong work we're in now now if we're in it we're not getting out of it we're in it and we can't be distracted Abs- yeah. from it ever absolutely you know? and there's so many of these difficult questions that are rolled up into what should be a simple question, like you said, of do you care about me? But one of the things that you and Sasha discussed is the fact that like you can feel helpless because it feels like there are so many questions and that there's not enough answers. And yes. sometimes it it takes being okay with the fact that there is no immediate solution. Yes. And that's okay. And being patient and knowing that the work is what matters and that you might not see the results manifest immediately but doing the work is is vital in eventually getting there that's i'm so glad you said that because that's the largest you know so much of this you know it's so funny you know coming spending all the time you know in the hamilton world that i have you know about legacy and what is the lesson of that show of that story if not that there's things that are more important than legacy right there's things that are more important than i fixed this or i did this i accomplished this the work is all the fact the fact the fact that you lay the groundwork for someone to continue your story there are people who will never get to see the fruits of of their labor right will never get to see the 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 actual george floyd will never get to see what what his death begat yeah. and his daughter put it so eloquently too oh yeah oh yeah exactly like it's but that's what i'm saying it's we have to let go of this idea of and this is a much deeper, you know, human philosophical conversation, but just the idea that, (laughs) that victory equates complete life. It's not, it's, did you stay in it? It's the endurance of the thing. Did you stay in it? Did you have the strength when all the odds were against you to keep pushing down the doors? That is what we're looking for here. We're we're in the long game. and, And when you get tired, you pass on the baton to someone else and that's it, you know, and, 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 and and again, and no, because it's it's such a, it is such a tangled web, and there's not an easy answer, and it can be exhausting. Sometimes you need to sit down, and that's okay, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like nobody is asking you 
to single-handedly solve this thing. I think that's what it. I think that's when so many people. If we're being real, I think white people get very overwhelmed because it's like, well, do you want me to take responsibility for my ancestors? I've never called anyone the N-word. Like, what do you want me? And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's not about you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's the. That's the first step is like, realize it's not about you. You have to think beyond you. We all do. What is best for the society right now? The society functions best just data-wise when everyone is able to contribute. And that is not happening right now. And that's what we need to change. Yeah. Talking about how everyone has to be a part of this and what, as white people, what, what we can do. I am not a, a Tolkien file like my little brother is who mm-hmm. loves the Lord of the Rings stuff. And in your conversation, you talked about this quote that I had never heard. I've never read or oh, dude, watched. Yeah. It's so would you mind just like repeating it so I don't screw it up, screw it up or no. or at least paraphrasing it or whatever? So one of the things that I just, I just I'll preface it with is it is it is stunning to me how much, you know, Tolkien was able to see you know i mean and granted you know tolkien was 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 looking at you know he wrote a, a series of books that were essentially about war and and revolution and and all the things you know he just come off of his war and so he wrote about a war and he wrote about a battle and uh, and a and and a and a doing a way of evil um so all the themes that we are experiencing you know today are themes that he was experiencing back then but there's a scene that you know they do it it's one of my favorite scenes in the movies too um where he's carrying Frodo up, uh, Sam Samwise, who is you know uh, Frodo's best friend, his right hand man. He's he's been there the entire time. You know Frodo is getting sicker and sicker, uh, more sick and more sick from having this ring. Uh, the ring is just weighing him down, and he's climbing up Mount Doom, and he can't do it. And Sam is trying to pull him along, and Frodo's just got this burden on him. And Sam turns to Frodo and he says, you know, he says, I can't carry it for you, Mister Frodo, but I can carry you. And that's that's it. it we're, no, you can't you can't under, you can't understand, right? You can't understand what it what 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 my experiences are because I can't understand what your experiences are to the to, right. to the extent that I I've never been in your shoes. I don't know what it's like to be Matt. Do you know what I mean? Like you, that is your life, and I would never try to say that like your life is something that I could comprehend. But what I can do is say, I see that you're in pain, and I'm with you. I'm with you in that pain, and we're gonna get there together. That's, that's the, you know, it, it, the thing that happened most recently, you talk, you know, we asked, started this conversation about the Ant-Man thing. Yeah. Um, that, so that came out of this amazing thing where I realized, again, I have, I have so many amazing friends. I'm very blessed to have them, but so many of my white friends this past week had been calling me asking what they could do or just feeling like they don't know what to do or just, you know, looking it was. It just kind of felt in a way like even if they didn't mean it, right? Because there's intention versus impact. Right. What you want to have happen versus the way it's it, it lands. It just felt like, are you asking me to tell you <laughs> that you're okay? You know what I mean? Like, what are you? It's because I'm going. Th- yeah, it's putting the burden on you. Yeah, I'm and I'm going through my. I'm not okay. Like I'm going through my own shit, yeah. y'all. Like I can't. I can't <laughs> affirm you because I can't even affirm me. Do you know what I mean? So like, please take care of yourselves. Um, but but you know. It was just when when Jillian and Mike called me to ask me or texted me, asked me about Ant Man. What I loved about that was they. It was just a reaching out as friends, and it wasn't it wasn't asking for anything from me. It was just like we know that this is something that might give you joy. So do you want to do this? And that's friendship. That's it. And and allyship and friendship are not mutually exclusive. You can be both, 
And you should be both. Yeah. Not that you have to be friends with every black person. Like, be friends with who you want to be friends with. That's not what this is about. What I'm saying is, to your friends of color, to your black friends right now, it's not about, you know, it doesn't have to be anything more. It doesn't have to be that complex. It's just, are you there? Are you there and do you see me? And if you see me, what's going to make me smile today? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, it's the idea of seeing other people who are different than you, even though you might not, like you said, you don't know their lived experiences. Something else that really hit me and not to stick with like the pop culture quotes that you hit, but you mentioned the Hulk quote about I'm always angry, but then you talked about that. But then you also talked about how like having ADD or ADHD has impacted this kind of, and then I kind of took it one step further that as I was watching you and Sasha talk as being two artists and especially two actors, like we always talk about actors being more, you know, empathetic by nature. They have to be, to be actors. And I just, I, I couldn't comprehend all of the different waves of things that are hitting, especially the, the, black actors right now of whatever stripe like because that's like that's a ton of feelings on its own let alone for people who are naturally predisposed to feeling feelings differently and more deeply than other people oh um i'm so glad that you said that because i think i think that that's a huge thing i think the black artist right now is you know in general that our craft is in our emotions our craft is in is in is in empathy like you said and right now is just a moment where there's so much input and and social media are you know so meant for so many of us who've been lucky enough to have any sort any, any semblance of a successful career social media is our part of our job do you mean that staying connected yeah. to to our base and 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 you know engaging with our fans is how we keep our you know i hate the f- word brand but it's how we keep our brand going like it's yeah. it's how we keep stay out there and you know to, to, so you kind of have to, you, you know, you have to go on. And then when you go on, you're just inundated with all these opinions and all this stuff on, on a good day, let alone on days like this. So there's a lot of input being, being given to, to black artists right now. And, 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 and it is just the most it's, 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 it <laughs> yeah. is very hard to, to be able to a step away to b take care, take care of yourself and, you know, I try to, what I try to do is I try to put it in my work. I try to take that and focus it into, into more work, um, and just, and just keep it going. But like, I also, I, I have to recognize that like, I am, I am firing on all cylinders. There's a lot that I'm processing right now and I might not even see how tired I actually am. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and I think, and I, 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 I would extend that to all people. I, I don't think we, I hope that people take the time to recognize how exhausting this all is and not in a way of like, Oh my God, I need to, no, no, no. Yeah. This needs to end, but just, just realize that anybody who's in this, in this battle right now, there's a lot happening. <laughs> there's a lot happening and you need to take care of yourself. So if you need to have that slice of pizza, if you need to watch Ant-Man with a couple of friends, like <laughs> what, whatever you need to do, like, do not, do not, be you know judge yourself for that because it was already bad enough with covid yeah and now now we're fighting this as well um yeah what re-watching ant-man is never a bad solution to whatever your problem is so i highly recommended five stars two thumbs up there but you mentioned the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic while we're seeing these protests and i gotta tell you like that's something that has 
scared and terrified me from the very beginning. And I don't feel like we're talking about it enough. And I think we're starting to, but like, this is already a pandemic that disproportionately has impacted black and brown people to begin with. And now those are the people that are going out and protesting for their lives. And now I'm just worried that it's going to impact their lives and their health from there too. It's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And I, I applaud the people who, who are out there protesting on a daily basis and they're doing everything they can to stay healthy. But like, that's just scary. Oh no, it's, it's, it's wholly terrifying. And I, and I, you know, I have, I have a seasonal asthma. I'm asthmatic as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So like we, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's look, here's, here's the bottom line. You know, I think hope what, what we hope, you know, I think, and this is just looking at the, the science and the numbers right now. It's, it's seeming like COVID is not something that goes away, right? Is, is something that, that is going to just be circulating it like like SARS is like any of these you know Ebola is you're going to see you know hopefully it becomes less and less and less as as the years go by at some point we do have to step outside at some point (laughs) we're gonna have to and we're gonna have to you know I mean and and truthfully I say that as someone who for you know who has been blessed enough for the past you know however many weeks to be able to stay in his home and not really worry do you mean like it's it's I I haven't I'm not concerned you know about about um paying my rent you know this is these are blessings these are blessings that i i'm fortunate enough to be able to be like cool i can i can take care of my asthma and stay inside um you know but the thing is yeah at some point you got to step out and 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 so many of the scientists have come out saying that you know yeah uh covid is a real problem but you know what else the problem is systemic racism and (laughs) and it's you know i i what what gives me hope is i you know while it's I'm it's incredibly hard to maintain social distance during a protest, um, you do see people out there with their with their masks on, with their PPE, you know, and um, you know I, I'm hoping that people are trying, you know, you you do what you can, um, and that's look, it's it's the kind of thing where I think we just have to. I I get triggered whenever I hear the whole idea of a second wave, because to me it's it's not helpful to think of it like a second wave. It just think of it like this is a baseline for a little while. Yeah. This is a baseline and it's going to fluctuate. It was going to fluctuate anyway as we let more people out. Do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's it's if I'll put it this way, if we can't do absentee ballots on November 3rd, you better believe we'll be there. Mm-hmm. You mean like we have to be there. We have to step out. We have to whether or not there's a treatment or a vaccine, you have to vote. You have to vote. Um so at some point you just kind of I it it's terrifying. It's terrifying, but I think about this other thing that gives me hope at least in new york so in new york one of the things you know that cuomo has uh held over kind of as as this proof that ppe works and that that's really a, a good a good case study is you know when the when the, when this first started and the numbers first came out people were sure that the highest infection rate would be among the frontline workers at least in new york city and new york state the frontline workers, as of at least last week, last time I checked his his updates, had the lower infection rate oh, wow. of all the, the demographics, right? People, and I'm not just talking about the subway worker. I'm talking about like the doctors and the nurses. There is a lower infection rate among them than there is among the rest of us. Half, half, I think it was. So that says something that says that even as long as you are, if you wear, just wear your gloves, wear your mask, wash your hands, 
right? Don't try try to stay six feet away from people if you have to, if you're in a if you're in a protest, right? Like the chances are that you can get around it. You can you can you can save yourself. You can be healthy. You have to you have to be incredibly mindful of being healthy. Right, but that's that's the other thing too. Is I think, and I'm again, I'm not a scientist, but these are just facts that I know because I've read them. COVID doesn't have legs, right? There's a very specific way that COVID gets yeah. into our corona, this virus gets into our bodies. So don't do that. <laughs> don't don't touch your face before so you wash your hands. Why is that so hard you know, for people? I don't understand. Well, because I th- you know what I think it is, and this again, I'm not a scientist, so please anybody listening, do not think that Nick thinks he knows it all because I do not <laughs> at all know anything. But what I do know is that when you tell people they can't do something, that's when they do it. If I, you know, it's that, it's that class. You talk about my pop culture references. My favorite pop culture reference in this instance is Inception, where Joseph Gordon Levitt's like talking to Ken Watanabe. He's like, if I tell you not to think of elephants, what are you thinking of? Elephants, right? Exactly. It's so it's, it's, it's just people, people always, you know, as soon as there's a rule, people always want to break it. And, and whether that's conscious or subconscious. And so I think that it's just our human nature, but, it, but really what it comes down to is mindfulness. We are not, there has not been an emphasis, and this is definitely a large conversation, this, there's not been an emphasis on critical thinking in this country for a long, long time. Critical thinking and, and taking that breath and awareness of self and awareness of others, the ability to, whether it's academically or personally, slow down and reflect upon what you're doing is huge. You know, you uh, talking about my ADD, I was talking to my therapist and one thing we, you know, that that was enlightened to me is that there's a there's a strong belief out there right now that ADD actually is just kind of uh, that it's 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 not it's not synonymous with but that it's all cyclical with anxiety and anxiety is cyclical with depression and like all these kind of um you know uh, mental uh, uh obstacles that we that a lot of us deal with, right? They're all wrapped up in the same thing which is trauma, right? It's, it's, it's trauma. And if you really want to break it down, what is this country if not trauma? Do you yeah. mean like from, from the very beginning? Yeah. From the first we were, ships that showed up on the shores. We were dealing with a trauma that we, that we have not reconciled with and a trauma that grows more and more every day. So of course we have these issues with focus. And of course we don't think critically when it comes to touching our face or washing our hands. Do you mean we're, we're, we're not trained to do so? We've never... We've never had any need to do so, and we've been built to feel it. we're invincible because we're America. But it's like, if we just take the time, you know, we were all, la- I remember laughing when I saw, you know, some of our, some of our brothers and sisters from the, from Asian countries coming over here and they would always be wearing face masks. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh shit, they've been through that. <laughs> they've actually, <laughs> they know they've what seen doing. what this, yeah. they know what, the, they know what this is, you know, and like, and they know, they know how to protect themselves. That's huge. And I think that we just have to take that taboo off our society of just like that thing that, that, in, you know, Oh my God. Uh, I, I, you know, when I want to feel good about the world, I watch the West wing. If you look on my Twitter banner, uh, my Twitter banner is app is the, the cabinet of the West wing or the, you know, the administration of Bartlett's Bartlett's presidency. And the reason that you watch the West wing is because it feels good to be around good, smart people. It feels good when you're in a, when you're like, I know there, I think there are so many people who are afraid of intelligence and afraid of reflection, but being, being, and I tell you, being in that, in that world for an hour a day, just watching these people think like brilliantly, it makes you want to be smart. <laughs> it makes you want to think like them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it, it is. And I, I think we just have to take this taboo 
off of critical thinking. I think that we really have to not be afraid to look at ourselves and, and question, question, you know, there's nothing wrong with questioning. I think, I think a lot of people are trained to think that questioning is bad, that conflict is bad and that they just want, and that's why they just want things to be the way they quote unquote were. Well, the way they quote unquote were left out an entire swath of the population. So now we have to make it the way things are, which is everyone is included. And I think that you just have to not be afraid to think. Yeah. No, absolutely. And kind of off that topic, bringing the protests and the pandemic into the same conversation, you talked about putting a lot of this anger and fear and stuff into your work. You obviously have not been able to be at the Imperial for going on three months now. But I know yep. you do a ton of, you're a writer, you're a podcaster, like you've got uh, the podcast Little Justice, and I know you guys did a, um, like a virtual reading of your latest play, This Ends Tonight. Like, what are you channeling your emotions into while we're all stuck at home? So it's crazy. We actually recorded a, a special, a very special episode of Little Justice last <laughs> night to, to just, just to be, you know, to talk about what's going on and and to, uh, to you know, we the the title we're playing with for the episode, which we're going to release on Friday, uh, is uh, you know the the world no longer makes sense movie or the I need the world to make sense again movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. What? Where do you go when you just need you need that movie that's like ah okay this is home base. And what Alex, uh, my co-host, brought up is like he was he was saying that, you know, it's interesting because he was expecting a lot of the work that I put out to be centered around this, around everything that I'm going through. And it's not, you know, I it, 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 it kind of spans. And, you know, I just finished a screenplay that's that's has nothing to do with this. It's 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 you know, it's about it's about my relationship with my father. Like it's it's you know, it, there's there's a lot of I, I think that I think that you can't force yourself to a be on this all the time and b think that just because you're passionate about this it it negates the dimensionality of who you are we are all you know what it, that Walt Whitman quote i contain multitudes mm-hmm. right there we are all multifaceted people we all have these layers and levels and you know i what i do is i take the passion and i take the anger and i take the rage and i I try to make it into something. I try to, I just try to let my mind and my, my spirit tell me what, what needs to come out. You know, now what I will say, I, I actually think that, you know, I'm, I'm finding through my writing that I have a lot of, I wouldn't call them anger issues, but certainly some, certainly some (laughs) suppressed, you know, some, some suppressed uh, emotionality, we'll call it because, because I find that I, I, you know, I, I often, I can't help but write about very dark, twisted things. I I love dark, twisted things, you know, in my writing. And, and I think that points to something, but all that to say, it's, it's certainly, it's not therapeutic, but it's certainly how I process the information. And, and that's what I'm trying to do with all my work is just process. Even my love of movies, you know, I think, I think, movie analysis is, is self-analysis as as selfish as that sounds you know you are analyzing what you what you like and what you don't like and and what lands with you and um you know it's it's like theme parks i mean anything you know i think i th- there's there's a there's a way of there's a world of thinking where you can connect anything back to critical thinking and self-reflection and i think that people are people are you know you can tell who a person is by what they like and what they what they choose to spend their time doing, um, and that's definitely what I choose to spend my time doing. 
Yeah, I love that. I'll I'll end on this because you've already given me much more of your time than I than uh, was necessary. So I, I appreciate oh, dude, it's that. Pleasure, pleasure and privilege. The yeah, I, well, I'll start with this. I was fortunate enough when you came through Orlando. My brother and I saw Hamilton, saw your Burr. Um, so I love that, and it was. As a side tangent on the Hamilton thing, like what I love about especially the role of Burr is that I've seen a number of people do it now and everyone has such a different way of getting into it. And I absolutely love that. So thank you for that first off. But I think a lot of people, especially right now, are turning to things like Hamilton and like you said, to the West Wing or things like that, that bring them some sort of hope and, and comfort for their being people who are competent enough to help us through yep. this. Um, I, I wonder beyond the writing, because I know that's been a big part of it, but Ant-Man is part of it. But what else have you been turning to, not just during the past week of the protests, but also just during the pandemic uh, as all? Well? What have you, what has been your like comfort food to kind of like oh, settle you down? Yeah. I got a whole list and a lot of them are Orlando based. So, so bring we're going to go through those. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to shout these, these two, uh, organizations out because they it's so funny because i've now become friends with the people who run them and uh whether it's on social media or in real life and i just i just love them i will watch a roller coaster video every hour of the day if i could (laughs) theme park review does the most amazing roller coaster reviews and i love them and i i just i just i will just go on their channel i will go on their ig and i'll check it out the diz the diz is is um one of my favorite podcasts, Craig and Rhino and Pete and uh, John and Kevin and all those people running the Diz. I just think they're wonderful. And they just, you know, just like being back because what, what ha- what's my happy place is my theme parks. I love I love my parks, man. And uh, that that is my happy place. So just that also there's a there's a YouTube channel. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. Um, called Townsend's Townsend's uh, is run by this guy. I think his name is John Townsend, even though it's, it says Jas Townsend might, might be James Townsend, but he is uh, he is a professional reenactor of oh. the 18th, 18th century. And he does a lot of cooking from the 18th century. And he, it's so, I mean, first of all, like when I say he is like the Mr. Rogers of, of reenactors, he is like That's the awesome. kind, like, at least I don't know this man personally, but I will say he is one of the, he just comes off as like the kindest, sweetest, gentlest man in the world. And he's always just like, so happy to have you there. And, and he, he breaks down these recipes. I, you know, one of the, one of the crazy things about being in Hamilton is like, you know, we're talking about all these all these you know uh, 18th century and, and uh, early 19th century things, and I I am I really want to know like I, I I've always wanted to know like what beer from like the 17 late 1700s <laughs> tastes like, yeah. like I, I I want to know that I, I and like what's crazy is now after watching his his show for so many days. Like if I was to ever time travel, or if anybody if anybody ever figures out time travel, and you go back in the past, here's almost say, bring some goddamn spices, y'all. These people did not know how to season their food. There's no seasoning. It's just like nutmeg. That's all they got is like nutmeg and like mace, and it's like that's it. That's all they do. <laughs> he loves this dude. Loves his nutmeg. And he's always like, I'm gonna put a little dash in nutmeg. And I'm like, where's your where's your chili powder, man? Where's your oregano? Like, what are you doing? It's the blandest ass food I've ever seen in my life, but he loves it, and I love that he loves it. That's so awesome. that's certainly yeah. Townsend's theme park review and the Diz are where I'm going. But you know, I I mean, I would love to know where people are going. Yeah, you know, I 
I would love, always looking for a new comfort food yeah. for sure, man. That's awesome. And I know that you are a a big cook yourself, right? I mean, try my wife is the cook. <laughs> I I am trying to learn. It's one of the things where like you know this is it's where my ADD certainly flares up because what ends up happening is like you know w- w- right now we're sw- swapping off days. So like she'll cook a day, I'll cook a day, and whenever it's my day to cook. I'll always, I literally will just feel my, my brain like pulling away, like, nope, I don't really want to do this. And it just gets quieter, quieter. Um, but I'm trying to cook. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to get more into that. Uh, Cause you know, it's good skill. You know, it's good skill for an adult person to have <laughs> to know how to cook for yourself. I, I've been told I haven't, I haven't discovered that on my own yet, but uh, I'll trust Dude. you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Nick, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this has been fantastic. And I, I know that you're going to continue doing, the IG lives uh, and all that stuff yes. and, and stick with that. If, if people want to kind of get a glimpse into your very eclectic and very uh, deep and interesting mind, I, I highly recommend it because I, I enjoy them thoroughly and I, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. No. And dude, thank you. Thank And I really mean this. Thank you for making a space, bro. Cause it's uh, you know, it's, I know that the world is crazy out there. I know people don't, maybe, maybe you're tired of thinking about this stuff, but like, it's just so important that we talk about it. So I really do appreciate you making the space and the time. Seriously. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. And hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. Absolutely, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt, and you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have all of Nick's social media information as well as information about his movie podcast, Little Justice, in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the always inspiring Nick Walker and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more.